Good evening and welcome to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here. No announcer guy. We couldn't get a crazy announcer guy to come on here. <laughs> I like how I call him crazy. But uh, we could not get him to come on. Something's wrong with the computer over here. Surprise, surprise. Welcome to Spooky South Coast where we talk about the paranormal each and every Saturday night. We have uh, about four minutes left in the show. <laughs> no, just kidding. About four minutes left in the hour, so we just wanted to jump on and let you know what the plan is for tonight so that uh, you can stick around following the news coming up in just a few minutes. We'll rerun that opening. We'll see if we can get the announcer guy to actually talk. He's not crazy. I don't know what I was saying. So uh, we will be talking about the paranormal. We have our guests in the studio, Pete and Donna Stagman of Para Hunter. They'll be here to talk with us about some of their investigations, some of their cases, some of the equipment that they use, and we'll kick around some theories about the paranormal in our area. And also joining us a little bit later on in the program will be Carlson Chops Woods, an old friend of the show, who will talk with us about Phantom P.I. and the new upcoming episode of that program, which you can catch on Wareham Community Access Television and which we'll be carrying on Spooky TV at SpookySouthCoast.com as well. Speaking of SpookySouthCoast.com, if you are listening from home or if you are out and about and listening on your mobile device, feel free to go to SpookySouthCoast.com where you can jump into the chat room. And that's your, your opportunity to interact with some of the other listeners of the program. And you can also watch what goes on in the studio tonight on Spooky TV, which we've got the cameras rolling tonight. We're, we're doing pretty we're pretty good here. High, we're high tech tonight. After the last two shows where I've been by myself and it's been, you know, mysterious crash after mysterious crash. Not the kind of mysterious crashes that you investigate, Moniz, but uh-huh. the kind that I cause and then call a mystery to make it sound like I know what I'm doing. I don't know why it didn't work out. Hey, you know what I should do before we take a break? What? Well, first of all, I should uh, I should say welcome back to the studio to you. It's been a few weeks since you've been here. Yeah, a couple of uh, investigations I've been going on enjoying and enjoying it. Uh, there's a rumor going around that the silent assassin Matt Costa will be here as well. Uh, he will in Maybe. person. We'll see. We'll see what happens. And uh, but while we have a few minutes, just want to promote something real quick. If you go to SpookySouthCoast.com, you'll see a link to donate to Wareham Little League for their upcoming 24-hour baseball game. My son Adam is uh, raising money for Wareham Little League. Now, last year, the Spooky South Coast listeners uh, came through, and we were able to make Adam the number seven overall fundraiser, or number six, I'm not sure which one, uh, overall for the entire Wareham Little League, and he got a chance to meet Nomar Garcia-Para at a special luncheon for that. Uh, this year, it's a little bit different. They're, the grand prize is four tickets to the Red Sox and a limo ride and all kinds of stuff, but uh, the top five kids get an iPad 2, and six through ten get an iPod Touch, and he really wants the iPad. And he's promised that I can commandeer it on Saturday nights to use it here in the studio. So if that's not a reason for you to donate, I don't know what is. So, uh, And also there is another reason to donate, actually, because anybody who donates over $50 or more will get a batch of my wife's homemade cookie bars, which anybody that's been to one of our Legend Trips events Good can stuff. talk about. So. Uh, that is the deal that we have going on. So just go to SpookySouthCoast.com and you'll see the link there to donate directly to Adam's fundraising campaign. I'm sure I'll push this down your throats a few more times in the coming weeks and maybe even tonight as well. So we're going to take a break for the news. When we come back on the other side, Pete and Donna Stagman will join us. We'll talk about the paranormal here on Spooky South Coast. The supernatural is something that isn't supposed to happen, but it does happen. AM 1420 WBSM presents Spooky South Ghost with your hosts, Tim Weisberg and Matt Costa. All right, welcome back to Spooky South Coast. After that brief interlude for the news, we are back. We are going to talk about the paranormal, I promise, for an abbreviated portion of this Saturday evening. And, uh, of course, if you are new to the program, if you're hearing us for the first time, we are on every Saturday night. Usually, well, we try to be on every Saturday night. We try to be on around 10 p.m. Eastern Time, 10.15, 20. I don't know. It depends. Because uh, we have a multimedia presentation here. It's not just the radio show. It's also uh, Spooky TV at SpookySouthCoast.com. So there's all kinds of things to get up and running. So... We try to do it as best we can, but we do have uh, Pete and Donna here from Power Hunter. We'll talk to them in just a few minutes, but we'll actually we'll bring them in for this discussion because I was I was going to have a little week and weird segment here. Say hi to the folks, people. Sorry. Hi. Hey there. Uh, we, we're going to 
go over this really quickly because uh, there, there's a bunch of news here that we could cover, but this one here is uh, just what we want to hear as we're letting our evening meals settle and we're getting ready to turn in for the night. A Michigan teenager found an unexpected item on his RB sandwich, a human finger. Ryan Hart, 14 years old, was eating a roast beef sandwich when he bit into a piece he described as particularly rubbery. He spit out the item, which turned out to be part of a finger measuring about one inch long and a quarter inch thick, the Jackson Citizen Patriot reports. Health officials said a worker likely left her area after cutting her finger on a meat slicer, and other employees, allegedly unaware of their co-worker's injury, continued with their regular duties. So once informed of the incident, the restaurant team stopped food production and cleaned and sanitized the restaurant. So what I want to know is, you know, you cut your finger off on a slicer, and then you say to yourself, you know what, I'm going to keep this to myself. I don't want anybody to know that I just sliced my finger off. And you calmly just leave your station and walk away. No, that doesn't happen at all. When I cut my finger off on a meat slicer, every time I've ever done it, I can tell you that uh, it's been a very loud <laughs> and not pleasant experience. So I'm not buying that story for a minute. No, they gave him the finger. Yeah, literally. It's like it's like that movie, The Wrestler, you know, where just to feel something, he just sticks his hand in the meat slicer. Who knows? Maybe that's what it was. Or it could be the secret ingredient to make Arby's roast beef what it is, because particularly rubbery. It is good mood food. I, li- I like how he says, <laughs> I, he described the roast beef sandwich as particularly rubbery. Like as if to say, normally an Arby's roast beef sandwich is rubbery, but this one is just particularly rubbery. So anyway, I have a little list here of some other gross-out grub. Uh, that's been reported over the last few years. Uh, just a few days ago, a man found a deep, ri- deep fried cockroach in his McDonald's hash brown. And uh, when he complained to the manager, they offered him a free breakfast voucher to make up for it. So that that certainly clears it up. Uh, March 2012, a woman claimed she found a live maggot in her fries at Wendy's. Uh, but it was just a noctoid moth larva found only in outdoor habitants. You know, it was just an accident that I got in there. Doesn't change the fact that there was a maggot in her food. Uh, in April 2012, an Illinois woman ordered eggs from McDonald's and found razor blades beneath them. The manager explained to police that the razors are used to clean tight corners on the grill, so that's all right. Uh, this guy, Andrew Brodsky, found an unidentified animal toe in his container of Sabra spinach and artichoke dip. Well, if it's unidentified, how do you know it was an, an-, an animal toe? Th- this is a good one. This, I'm sure, Moniz, you know, you've gone to the supermarket and had yourself some samples. You know, sometimes when money's a little tight, you go to the supermarket and only have samples. We've all been there. Yeah. Uh, a grocery store worker pleaded guilty recently to handing out semen-tainted yogurt samples at an Albuquerque grocery market. Here's one also from the semen food group. A New York woman sued a sushi bar after she tasted semen in the sauce atop her spicy tuna in June 2008. She says she still has samples frozen in her refrigerator, you know, just in case she wants to have kids. But uh, here's what I find interesting about that. Like, I don't care if I tasted it in my sushi. I would probably... Keep it to myself so as not to be, hey, here, I'm the person that publicly will admit I know what semen tastes like. So a Louisiana woman, (laughs) a Louisiana, (laughs) that was on the dress. That was a little bit different. A Louisiana woman sued Applebee's for damages after she claimed a fingertip and her lunch salad gave her post-traumatic stress disorder. That was just a tip, tip of the finger there. So that's not as bad as finding the whole finger in it. An upstate New York man found a bloody Band-Aid baked into the crust of his Pizza Hut pizza. Uh, a couple found a disemboweled mouse in their Dole packaged salad mix in last June. A California man claimed to find a condom in his French onion soup at a claim jumper restaurant. Uh, here's a here's a good one for you, Moniz. A woman eating a hot dog at Costco, which you know that kind of just yeah that starts it off right there. Why are you eating a hot dog in Costco? Uh, she swallowed a piece of a Hebrew national brand hot dog in the shopping aisle of Costco before she realized it contained a piece of metal. X-rays revealed that the hot dog contained a live bullet. Okay. So apparently when you're out there in the wild trying to shoot hot dogs, because we all know. Well, you use small caliber. How much meat is there in there? Yeah, buckshot will do the job. Every time I'm out looking at and finding wild hot dogs out there, I just use buckshot or bow and arrow. They're they're dangerous. (laughs) You got to watch out for those. They travel in packs. Uh, Baltimore man usually of eight. Eight. A Baltimore, (laughs) but only six buns. (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. A Baltimore man was eating fried chicken from Popeyes in September of 2003 when he discovered the fast food store had inadvertently fried a mouse along with the chicken parts. I'm sure then they just tried to claim it as you know some Louisiana recipe. And in July 2009, this is my favorite. A German tourist claimed to find a used tampon in a steak at the Waldorf Astoria in New York. Not at Arby's. Not at Wendy's. Not at Denny's. The Waldorf Astoria. 
did. Yeah, he did. He said, <laughs> they said, how do you like your steak? He said, well, I like it bloody. bloody. <laughs> so he was set himself up for that. All right, that's just a little quick list to make you feel sick on this Saturday evening. But uh, now let's get right into the discussion tonight with our guests, Pete and Donna Stagman of Para Hunter. They're a local group uh, based out of Lakeville. And you guys got some other members, too, so you probably have some reaches into some other communities as well. Uh, yeah, we have two other members in Connecticut. Um, one's in, actually, I think they're both in Putnam. Putnam. Yeah, they're both in Putnam, Connecticut. Um, and how we met up was they actually had asked us to uh, help out with a, uh, a site in Connecticut. So that's kind of become a place that we go a lot. So it's probably killer on the on the gas tank. Yeah, it is. Jeep. Yeah, especially in the, the Jeep, the V8, you know. <laughs> Well, how how did uh, how did Para Hunter come together? How did you guys originally start the group? Um, ever since Donna and I got married, uh, every house that we've lived in, like the first house that we lived in, um, we, we, there's always been something going on. The first house we lived in, we actually had. Uh, so it's kind of a cool story. I was I was sitting downstairs. Um, she was upstairs with her daughter, uh, who's about what five at the time. Five. Six, yeah, five or six at the time. And uh, she went upstairs to put her to bed. I'm sitting downstairs watching TV, and out of the corner of my eye, I see a little girl walk across the room, go into the bathroom, turn on the light, shut the door, and I yelled. I'm like, hey, Carrie, what are you doing down here? I hear her yelling from upstairs. She's like, who are you talking to? I said, Carrie. She says, Carrie's right in front of me. I'm like, no, she's not. She's in the bathroom. I'm like, no. She says, yes, she is. I'm looking at her. So I got up. I ran to the door. I opened up the door. The light was on, and the toilet was flushing. Oh wow! Yeah, so that was that That's was good. That was the first time that you know we, since we were together, and ever since then, um, there's a whole bunch of different stories. Every house that we've lived in has had various activity. degrees of activity. At least, at least that one was polite enough to flush. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. And she sprayed too. Talking to the mic. There we go. And uh, <laughs> so, so uh, it, it sounds like then you had good reason to want to get into this field and, and to start you know conducting these investigations and good. Practice grounds, uh, doing at home. Do you investigate in your own homes? Is, is that kind no, of an off limits uh, area for you? Eh, sort of, but never, not, not really. No, nothing official. We won't, don't want to like stir anything up in mm-hmm. our own home. Um, but we have um, the the second house that we lived in was actually right near the um, the one. Wamp- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <okay>? <laughs> yeah. We have an injury. It was right near the uh, the Wampanoag Reservation in uh, in Asonet. Mm-hmm. And that place was crazy. It was actually built into the, um, the side of a hill. So half the house was underground. Oh, wow. And you could walk around back and walk up, just literally just walk right up onto our roof. And um, we would hear all night long, you know, stuff walking around on the roof. And we'd go out there and be nothing out there. We thought it was, you know, animals, coyotes, sure. deer, whatever. And there would never be anything out there. Um, there was another area... Uh, of that that house that would there used to be there like the wood pile and that's where we'd go out to get our wood for the winter to put in the wood stove and we'd go out there and it was just the creepiest feeling it was dead silent dead always. silent none of the animals no no chirping no nothing yeah. nothing um if you tried to bring our dog out there she would actually this dog was you know the sweetest dog but if you try to pull her out there she would just stop at the edge of it and not go cats wouldn't go cats there. wouldn't go there mm-hmm. um so I uh, I was talking to a uh, a friend of mine who is actually a Cherokee shaman, and I was telling him these stories, and he's like, yeah, right, okay. Uh, so he brought him down there, and he walked into the area. He's like, oh, so where's this area? I said, it's right over here. Follow me. And he walked into the area, and he's like, oh, this is bad. This is bad. <laughs> this is bad. So uh, he actually came back uh, a couple days later, and he did like a, um, a little Cherokee ceremony. And it, it calmed it down. It mm-hmm. never totally went away, but it, it calmed it down. <clears throat> What's that? Made it livable. So it definitely seems like, you know, we talk all the time about how this area has heightened activity, but it seems like either something may be following along with you guys or you just seem to be finding it. It just seems wherever we go, there's already something there. Ghost yeah. magnet. <laughs> so uh, what do you think is the reason why for that? I mean, is there something in your background? Is it just your personality? It's the fact that you're accepting of it, so therefore it seeks you out? Um, yeah little of all of it yeah yeah i mean all my life i've seen you know crazy stuff every it seems like no matter where we go um we we worked up in in a witch shop up in salem for a while a friend of ours owned and um we'd be up in there and we saw some 
crazy stuff inside the shop at night. You know, after it was closed down, we'd be sitting around and, you know, talking. And uh, there was this one time where there was, like, this mist came in from under a door and, like, almost did, like, this serpentine thing around the place. And we're, we're looking at each other. I'm like, are you seeing that? And, you know, the, the guy who owned the place, Greg, he goes, oh, yeah, that happens all the time. And, like, <laughs> and that doesn't freak you out. No. no. <laughs> so, so now – you said that you do investigations in a variety of different places, but you mm-hmm. must get called for a lot of cases directly in your own area because there is so much activity in what we call the Bridgewater Triangle. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, we, we live, live you know, Bridgewater. in the Bridgewater Triangle, so we're always in the area. Um, we get, you know, we get a lot of uh, email mm-hmm. uh, asking us to do investigations, and that's how we've gotten most of our, you know, our privates. Um, but you know, we like to do the common ones too, you know, like the Slater Mills. Sure. And, you know, we're actually doing the Shanley next month. Oh, nice. Yeah. And uh, you know we hang around with um, with Steve and Riley from Black Cross, mm-hmm. so we do. A, you know, I've done a few investigations with them. BBC. Yeah. Oh yeah, we did the British Beer Company in Walpole, which but we're going to be going back to, and not have to wait yeah. hours and hours and hours to get to it this time. And not have a. Company. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, actually, we were, we uh, we went back there uh, about two weeks ago. Yeah. About two weeks ago, and we uh, we talked to the owner. We told him what happened that night, and he says. Well, the next time is I want to be there. That won't happen. So that's a good, you know. And he he's he's a you know he's a money guy, so he's usually somewhere else. He's not in the sure, place. Sure, yeah. And that be, but that's what happens. And, and you probably experience this going into different businesses for mm-hmm. investigations. Is you know you get permission from one person, and then when you get there, the people who are working are kind of just like, no, no, we got to go through our routine. Mm-hmm. Like you can't mix that up. We had a chance to investigate the Millicent Library uh, on a couple of occasions here in Fairhaven. But every time it was like, but we have to be open while you're doing it, and you have to leave when we close. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, uh, no. how's that really going to work yeah. out? But yeah. it did It did work out great in terms of uh, being able to debunk some of the claims because it didn't matter if it was open or closed. We were able to figure out where some of these claims were coming from. So I, I guess you kind of have to work around their schedules, but then if they're serious about the activity, I think it kind of works in the way of – if they're experiencing it and they don't understand it, then they're going to want you to come and they're going to be accommodating. But if it's because you've heard of other people's experiences and they're accommodating you and letting you come in, then it's kind of like, all right, you got to work around our schedule. Mm-hmm. So it can be a little bit maddening, but you know, you do what you got to do. Now, when you do a lot of these residential hauntings, uh, these private hauntings, is it a matter of are there significant themes that stand out from one case to another? Does it seem like there are uh, – you know, certain types of activity in this area. I know we talk a lot about King Philip's War and about a lot of these older spirits. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I seem to think that those are a lot of the more prevalent spirits that people are encountering around right. here. Yeah, yeah well, a lot of around here, it's... it's um, what yeah, you yeah. call... The okay, two-finger I'm, rule. I'm okay. <laughs> um, more residual, <laughs> sort of haunting mm-hmm. type things. The, the looping, the playing over and over and sure, over. Sure, yeah. Um, and... You know, we've had that conversation with people a lot of times where maybe it's not so much because they'll say, my house, I just built it. You know, it's yep. like 10 years, 15 years old, whatever. And you explain to them, it might be the land. Yeah. That's the number one thing you hear from people all the time. But nobody's ever died in my house. Well, mm-hmm. so? <laughs> what does that have to do with anything? Well, nobody's ever died in a cemetery either. Yeah. Right. Exactly. right. <laughs> well, right. Yeah. well, you well, like to think, you like to think they all did. Well, I beg to do yeah, well, you. Not officially. Like <laughs> well, actually, back in... Older well, times, yeah, you're t- yeah, you're talking about the people who were yeah. buried alive, yeah. yeah. But yeah, that's well, I was gonna say, I hope everybody that's in the cemetery died. Yeah. Not necessarily <laughs> there, but let's hope that they're yeah, people are just dying to get in. Yeah, <laughs> literally. <laughs> and so, but but there are a lot of these older ghosts in this area that I think other parts of the country don't get to experience. You know, they have more of the the newer haunts, and we're able to have some of the oldest part of American history, so we have some of the oldest ghosts. Yeah. So you, that I mean, that must be pretty special though when you're going into houses that are two hundred, three hundred years old. Well, that's true, because, like, last year we went out on um, the West Coast. We were over in Seattle. Yeah, we went to um, Kells. Um, Kells. Kells Irish. Irish pub. Yep. Um, and it's funny, because we did a ghost haunt. A, a ghost, a ghost tour, yeah. Yeah, in Seattle. And you know, and they're, they're talking about, you know, this building is almost 100 years old. And we're like, what? Yeah. Really? <laughs> wow. Really? My my house is more than 100 years old. They do have an underground city, though, so they yeah. kind of do get yeah, a pass. But even that is still only 100 years old. It's still yeah. pretty cool, though. It is pretty cool. It's like, yeah, they're like, oh, here's uh, they take you on the tour. Here's where Jimi Hendrix's ghost is. Here's where <laughs> Lane Stanley's ghost is. You know, it's like, well, these guys have only been dead 30, 10, 20 years. Yeah. But uh, here, I think, uh, in, especially in the Bridgewater Triangle area, 
you know, we're, we're pretty privileged because we know that we can go out almost any time and, and have activity happen. Mm-hmm. Like, what's the frequency of actual captures for you guys? Because I know you use some different equipment than other people would normally use. How often do you actually come out with good hard evidence? As, as far as EVPs go, every, um, time. every time. Every time we go out, we catch EVPs. You know, we may or may not ever catch anything on film or video or, you know, on a, on a digital camera or video, but always EVPs. I, I can't think of a case we've done where we haven't caught something or at least something that we couldn't, you know, identify as something else. Mm-hmm. And I think, too, that the, the, the good part about that is the more you become, and I'm sure you guys have talked with people like Mike Markowitz about it, the more yep. you do it, the more trained you become to it, and, and the more you can actually figure out the right circumstances to well, be it, able to capture it. It's funny. We were talking about this last night to somebody, and somebody you know, said, I, I never catch anything. And it's, I said, when do you start recording? Oh, you know, when we're investigating. I'm like, no, start recording as soon as you get there Mm -hmm. and don't turn it off until you leave. Mm -hmm. Because 90% of the stuff that we catch is when we're setting up or we're packing up and we're just sitting around talking and you get replies to what you're talking about. It's it's wild. Yeah, well, I mean, look at it from the ghost point of view, you know. When do you want to kind of make yourself known? What's the fun of talking to somebody when they're asking you a direct question? You'd rather just (laughs) butt into their conversation. Ghosts are nosy too, you know. Well, well, one of the things that I want to talk to you about is uh, when we first met, we first met when you guys came in with Riley and Stephen when they were on to talk about Slater Mill. Mm-hmm. And then we ran into each other at the uh, South Coast Paranormal and Psychic Fair. And you guys were talking about these glasses that you use on investigations. Yep. And uh, you right actually you have them right there. And uh, we've got you on camera if you want to just pop yeah, them on. And this people. one here. Yeah. Yep. yep, so I've got uh, this. Your this local is, source oh, for news seven days a week <laughs> Hello? is AM 1420 WBSM. Yes, yes Lord. <laughs> God, yeah. <laughs> um, I've got the lenses out of these because I like to uh, wear them at night. And uh, with the lenses popped out, you don't get the uh, the fingerprints. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing to, to bother you, and you really don't even notice that you're actually wearing them. Um, so these are, are modified. They actually have the IR emitters on them, and I don't know if this, this will actually pick it up, but if I turn this on, it'll probably – did you see that come on? Yep. yep. Yeah. So these actually have um, IR emitters that I've made. They're on the side here. Um, we sell these glasses. Let me take them off now. Um, you can get the standard low-light um, that we sell for $99. You can get the um, IR version uh, for 150 Those are both with 4 gig uh, memory sticks in them. They actually take a micro SD card um, that just pops in and out. And um, we uh, have an optional 16 gig that you can get for an extra $16. So it's not bad, 16 bucks for 16 yeah, gig. Yeah, that's worth it. Yep. Um, and we also have, you know, like these, the IR emitters, um, I'll probably start selling those soon. I'm making those myself. Um, they'll probably go for about 30 bucks. And then the other thing that we have is, uh, is this, um, tablet here. So you can actually watch what's going through the glasses and walk around with the tablet in your hands and, and see what the glasses are seeing, you know, so you could actually walk around in pitch black. Um, we're still testing that, yep. so um, that's not for sale yet, but it'll probably be around the $500 range for the tablet. We're working on live streaming. Yeah, well, we're also working on live streaming directly from the glasses. And uh, you can get the glasses both from our site and also from Black Cross Paranormal. Um, you know, they're partnered with us on the glasses. And I had the chance to use them at our uh, graveyard shift at Slater Mill uh, event, and I can tell you that they are extremely lightweight. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, the glasses that I'm wearing now to do the show – are actually more heavier on my face than, than using those. Yeah, were. you barely notice them. They're, they're really, really light. Yeah, I started using I actually found them. Um, they were being carried by a, um, a company for uh, motorcycles, mm-hmm. yeah, for doing motorcycle runs. So that's why they were, they were glasses. And then I kept calling up the company that manufactured them, and I said, you know, I'd really love to get these in night vision with an infrared. And, um, excuse me, they kept asking me, why would you want sunglasses with night vision? You know, <laughs> that didn't make any sense to them. So I finally convinced them to do it. So that's, that's how we're getting. So we're the only ones that can get them with the uh, modified for night vision. Nice. And I, I can tell you, too, that, that they are very – imagine, like, you're carrying your video camera. You're carrying your EVP recorder. Now you can get rid of those, and yep. you can have your hands free to do other things, and it's all being taken care of right on your face. And, and it does give you a – first-hand perspective of the investigation we were using them uh, i was uh, showing them to some of the other people at the slater mill event and they're like they were just fascinated by the fact that aside from 
the evidence that they might capture. And aside from being able to have their hands free of carrying other equipment now, they have that first-person point of view of the investigation. So it's it's kind of like uh, another tool when they go back and they can review evidence because they can say, here's what I was doing. Here was my perspective. This is what I was looking at when I saw this. Right. So it, it kind of gives you News more of an and conversations. Hey, this is AM 1420 WBSM. Funny thing is I have that on auto too it's not supposed to be firing off on its own but that's all right uh, so but they they like the fact that it gives them that extra narrative to the investigation yeah the, the other reason that i like them is uh you know if you're having sitting there with like a camcorder and you're shooting down like a hallway or something and you turn your head and you see something over there by the time you get your camcorder there mm-hmm. it's long gone so these are wherever you're looking that's where they're looking and that's 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 one of the reasons i originally got them because i kept missing stuff but, you know, I go, oh, I saw something over there. By the time I got the camera there, it's gone. So now do you find that you use those pretty much exclusively now? Uh, I, again, as soon as I get there, I turn them on, and I don't take them off until, you know, we're done. And the crazy part is the audio on them. Yeah, the audio is actually really good. All the Slater Mill EVPs, uh, all except for one of them, came from the glasses. Wow. Yeah. So and so they're available on your website, parahunter.com? Parahunter.com. They're in the store. Um, and, you can like again, you can also get them at uh, blackcrossparanormal.com. And your site's linked up on SpookySouthCoast.com as well if people want to go there and check it out. And they can also see some of your public investigations that you've done. You mentioned Slater Mill, Mm -hmm. and uh, we had you guys in here when we were talking with Riley and Stephen about Slater Mill. What were your impressions of the place uh, when you had the chance to investigate it? Uh, I'd love to spend a night there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, the the 90-minute or two-hour tour wasn't uh, wasn't enough. I mean. Yeah, really want to want to get, get up in, in up into the the top floors of the buildings and stuff like that. Well, when we did our our event, we had pretty much unfettered access to the place, and we had little bits of personal experiences coming from all corners mm-hmm. of it. And uh, actually, the Paranormal Expeditions girls recently released uh, their episode of Paranormal Expeditions that was filmed there that night at that event. And, you know, there's things that are happening down there that I didn't realize were going on during the course of the night. They were capturing some night light anomalies. They were getting some sensations. They were being touched. You know, and then we have people in the other buildings that are saying, yeah, I was getting touched, too. So it seems like there's definitely something there that wants to reach out and get a hold of you. Yeah, we um, one of the EVPs we caught is absolutely amazing. It's a gunshot. I don't know if you. Yeah, I've heard, heard that. Yeah. Oh, it was unbelievable, and and yeah, it's like a. It sounds like a flintlock pistol, and it's you know me and Steve again. We were we were he was asking me you know hey have you seen where my son went and I said I think he went outside and you hear the gun cock and fire and then I'm going oh yeah here he is I mean it, it's obvious that we yeah. didn't hear it <laughs> and it was I'm pretty wild. sure that if you're looking for your son and you hear a gunshot <laughs> you're you know go you were running. Gonna... <laughs> we would have heard that we would have made note. And... <laughs> But it, it, that just goes to show you, though, that when when they do happen, yep. you know, it, it doesn't have to have anything to do with what you're talking about either. It can just be some residual sound. And it seems like more and more I'm hearing people, that's what they're capturing. It's not so much the intelligent direct responses, but it's those residual sounds. So I wonder if we're kind of peeling away at the, the layers between our world and theirs and now we're starting to capture a lot more of this stuff. Right. You know, next time, you know, 10 years from now, you could be going there and turning on the tape recorder and all you hear is sound that you can't explain anymore because that veil's getting thinner and thinner. Uh, now, when you're out there and doing all these investigations and you're in the thick of it weekend after weekend, uh, how, how does it affect you then when you go home? You kind of want to get away from all that stuff, but you're going back to a place where there is activity. Uh, is there a way that you've reached an agreement with it where it kind of can shut itself off when you're around? Or The, the place where we're currently living is actually pretty quiet. Um, sometimes you feel like you're being watched, and I've gone around with an EMF, and it's pretty flat, you know, you know other than being near the microwave or the TV, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, it's pretty flat in there, um, but you do get – sometimes you get a little creepy feeling of being, you know, watched or whatever. Uh, she's saying no. I said, no. what do you get? What? What no. do you say? No. That's what I say. No. The corner of the house, they come through. It's it, it's like an area of the house they just come through. A little, like a portal almost? Like they're yeah, just, yeah, pretty much. They just pass through here and there, you know what I mean? Um, I'm a little sensitive, so I kind of pick up on stuff. Mm-hmm. And every house has been different. This one, like a, it's more of a portal, like you said. It's just one particular area. You see them out of the corner of your eye. It's kind of like a black shape. 
mist sort of thing and they like a shadowy mass or yeah, more like transparent of, or no more like a shadowy mass um and then they go on but it's like a split second you know they don't hang around um the other houses we lived in no 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 they hung around yeah yeah the, the other houses were crazy <laughs> they hung yeah. around this is this has been nice and comfortable and they don't bother us well i know some people try to have the spirits cross over that are in their house do you guys think that you can that they can cross over? I mean, I... I oh, I'm sure they can, but, you know, it, if they don't want to yeah. or... They, you know. I mean, how would you feel if someone walked into your house and told you to get out? I mean, really? They're always telling <laughs> us Tell to get out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm all, I've never been welcomed in this Yeah, I was going to say, it's not just the ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, I, I do think that, I mean, not to disparage the work of any of our, any of our friends and people in our audience who, mm-hmm. that's the work that they do, that they help spirits cross over, but I almost wonder if it's like, you know, when, when somebody goes in there and says, we're going to help you cross into the light, it's more like the spirit saying, okay, well, I'm getting the vibe here that they don't want me around, so I'm just going to hang back and not really bother them as much. I mean, when we take on a case, if a residential per se, um, we're very clear. That's not what we do. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll go in there. We'll try to figure out what's going on. Um, if we can gather some evidence, a name, something – uh, you know, and pass it along to the property owner. That's one thing to help them figure out what's going on. But we don't cross people over. And if, if they, you know, if they're adamant that they want it out, you know, we'll refer them to some other people. But right. we won't do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Especially since you know, you never know. You could be trying a ceremony with the intention of helping a and spirit cross over. Much worse. And yeah. You're just sure. inviting something yeah. more negative to come in. Do that. You know. We do this, I mean, because we have an interest in it, but, you know, we also have a part of us that, you know, hey, if it was me, I'd like some help. Mm-hmm. I, I want someone to, you know, clarify that I'm not going crazy, and we kind of look at it like that. But as far as passing people through, over, you know, demons, this, that, and the other, that's not what we do. You know, but if we know, if we suspect there is some activity there that may be of the unfriendly nature mm-hmm. or maybe could cause some harm down the road, then we'll refer them to the proper people, you know. You mentioned the D word there, and I have to ask yeah. you, what have you ever encountered anything that you thought was, you know, a, a demonic entity, something that was that We negative? We totally disagree, we disagree on, on, on d- demonic. Um, I, I don't believe in demonic. She does. Um, my, my opinion is, um, you know, if it was something that was never human, why would it follow our standards? I mean, you know, is a shark evil, you know, because it eats other animals? Are we evil because we eat cows? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so is a, is a demon evil because it does whatever it does? I, I'm i not ready to say that. You know, she she's pretty adamant that, you know, there are certain things There's that are evil. Bad. Yeah, That's good and bad. Well, it it definitely sounds then like it would be a case that you wouldn't feel comfortable taking on yourselves. No. Right. And that's just it. I mean, I, I say that straight up whenever we're going to, especially residential cases, because you never know what you're walking into. Mm-hmm. Um, if I cannot assure the safety of my team, then you know what? Mm, we might have to pass this along to someone else yeah, and that the, can. And luckily there are people in the area that can take on those kind of cases mm-hmm. too, so... Uh, we are fortunate in that regard here. So what's uh, what's coming up then on the docket for, for some of your other you know public investigations, some places that you're going to go out there and that you might be putting up on your website, some of the results of them? Well, we have BBC. We're going to re- be redoing BBC. Um, and then we also have a – what, Plymouth? Yeah, that's the not going to be – Yeah, but yeah, we, we'll I don't think we're doing it in public, that one. That's just going to oh, be no, us, that's, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much us. Yeah, but it might be something that you might have the results oh, on Oh, yeah, we'll site. definitely yeah. have the results oh, well, on the site, we, yeah. As long as – even if, if we If we have a permission from any yeah. – even the residentials, we'll put them up if, as, as long as, as we as get permission. As long as permission, we will never post anything that, you know – That we just did the one last night, and we've already got permission to anything we have. You know, anything we find we can put up. But nice. even still – I mean, I he mean, actually said he wants to start, you know, doing some investigations yeah, with, us. with us. <laughs> that's what happens. That's yeah. what happens. Excellent, you know? That's what happens. Um, and then, of course, we have the Shanley next month on 23rd. Yeah, that's, uh, that's actually Glory. put on by Glory Haunt Hounds. Yep. Um, awesome Gloryhaunt.com. Yeah, they're really great people, and they invited us to, uh, to come out to the, a big event that they're having. So uh, we're going to be going out there with a ton of equipment and setting up uh, out there with them. And then September, we got the Para. 
Paracon. Para Unity. Para Unity. Unity Con up in Nashua, New Hampshire. I believe yeah. it's definitely it definitely changes your schedule becoming yeah. a paranormal <laughs> investigator because not only uh, do you have the investigations but you have the networking that's right. involved too so it, yep. it keeps you busy it's, but it's fun i mean it sounds like to you guys you know like it's it's something we talked with riley and steven about what it's like to investigate his husband and wife and it sounds like it's something that you both enjoy together mm-hmm. uh i'm and, sure and that we disagree on I some say that i'm sure there's some arguments some things, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh I'm sure that sometimes, too, as as we talked about with them, sometimes the energy of being a couple will have an effect on the energy of the investigation, uh, both good and bad. I mean, has there been any examples where, you know, you feel like you brought some of your own tension into the environment and kind of and, and changed some of the factors? No, I don't think so. I mean, it, it's more about when we're going over the, you know, the evidence, you know, we'll, we'll argue over, you know, what something says or, mm-hmm. you know, or what we see and. You know, I'll be. I'll be like, no, that's I'll me. Use a strong word. <laughs> well, discourse. Dis- we, dis- yeah. Discuss. discuss. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. you know, you know, my ducking plates and stuff like that. You know, <laughs> I do. I do find that uh, you know, my parents used to play poker together with a group of people, and so you know, people always were like, well, you two are married, so you're, you know, you guys are kind of stacking the deck against us. Uh, you know, because you know each other and you can sense what the other person has without even having to say anything. Mm-hmm. And that's a, kind of an unfair advantage. And I think that, you know, in an investigation, that same type of communication can happen, whether it be married couples, siblings, you know, just anybody that's really close, you know, Jason and Grant, just two people that have known each other forever. You know, it's a matter of you can kind of just look at each other and, and kind of know with where to go and kind of just feed off each other's vibes. So it probably does cause for a lot of, Nice, easy shortcuts in investigations, too. Sometimes. We switch it up a lot, though. Um, um, you know, the other two people, um, you know, Kim and Eric, the other two members of our team, they're, um, you know, they're friends. And sometimes... And they're fairly new at it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they've had experiences in their own lives um, with the paranormal. But as far as gathering evidence, like a process, they're fairly new with that. So we're kind of helping them along with that. So you have somebody seasoned with somebody new, and yeah, yeah and we switch around. So you know, uh, you know, Kim will go with Donna, and I'll go with Eric, and then we'll switch, and then we'll put those two together, and we'll stay together, and then other times it'll be her and Eric, and me and Kim, and and then sometimes we all just kind of go off in our own corners and split up in four ways. And that's that's what's really interesting when you're working with when you're like myself and Moniz, you have the opportunity to work with different groups, is you get to try different dynamics. Mm-hmm. And seeing what kind of results you can get out of that, because I know a lot of people are like, well, you know, uh, when we investigate together, we get a lot of results, so we always stay together, you know, because we get we get a response. Well, how do you know though that it's not just one of you that's getting that response? And if you go with somebody else, you might have something different happen. And I find that when you cross people, you cross theories, you cross ideas, mm-hmm. you cross approaches, and you come up with things you never would have thought of. We, we've done that ourselves where we've been ju- just been kind of kicking around ideas and being like, well, let's try this and see what happens. And it works out. And now, so you guys also obviously working with Riley and Steven and working with some of the other people, it, it seems like you have no problem joining up with other groups and when no, an investigation no, comes. And, and, and sometimes, actually, when we did the BBC, we actually had, you know... Um, we um, asked Mike and we asked Riley and yeah, Steve to come um, along with us. Yeah. Absolutely. It's a big place. Mm-hmm. You know, we had we had Mike Mike and Paula Markowitz, and we had um, you know Riley and Steve, and we had you know the four of us, and we you know the plan was that you know each group would be on a different floor mm-hmm. because the place was so big. How often does a plan in paranormal investigation yeah, right. actually? Yeah, happen? well, th- this went horribly wrong. Right? <laughs> See, I, I have kind of like a hard and fast rule now when it comes to an investigation. If there's any way possible, Mike Markowitz is there. Yeah, I yes. don't want to do yeah. it without him there. Yeah. <laughs> Because it's just amazing the stuff that he gets. Mike's awesome. Yeah, Mike's Mike's a great guy, and, and especially when he comes in and he's got you know he's got his fifteen hundred dollar recorder. And he goes, ah, I hate this thing. I want the twenty five hundred dollar recorder. <laughs> yeah, he's like, this is garbage. I'm like, I'm sitting there with my fifty dollar recorder, going, yeah, I do pretty well with this. <laughs> and then, you know, but it's 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 funny because a lot of what he talks about flies in the face of what's the quote unquote accepted belief. Right. You know, a lot of investigators will say, well, I want the low end recorder Mm -hmm. because it has more internal noise, which is what allows for the spirits to be able to come through. But then you get a guy like Mike who has, I want a dead silence. Yeah. Yeah. He has the, the, the highest fidelity instrumentation and he's still getting phenomenal stuff coming out. Mm -hmm. So, 
you know, it's, it's interesting when somebody can go against the grain a little bit and still get positive results. And, and I think a lot of people would say too, the same thing about those glasses mm-hmm. is that, you know, you can't really trust what's coming out of them because you're jostling yourself around. But then when you hear something that's so obviously not the sound of you jostling around the glasses, you're mm-hmm. like, Oh, very interesting. Actually, um, you don't really hear them moving. It's not like, you know, when you have no, the handheld no, no, recorder, right. you know, you can, you can hear your fingers moving on them and you, you hear a lot of, you know, rustling and stuff like that. With the glasses, you really don't. Is, unless, the, micro- unless you is reach the microphone up, placed with the camera on the bridge? Uh, it's on the, uh, the left side, I believe. Yeah. But you got to remember, they were actually what, designed They for were designed motorcycles. for motorcycles. Yeah, so you're going to yeah. want, you know, wind so resistant. they have to be yep. pretty sturdy, and they are. They're not going to fly off your head or anything. Um, no. I used them last night, actually, um, on investigation went on. Yeah. And it so mics, and it the mic's really on the good. bottom left. Oh, okay. So now do you, do you ever use them in uh, you know everyday situations and just make people think they're regular sunglasses? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. they, they look just like regular sunglasses, yeah. So you're like walking around, <coughs> and nobody knows they're being recorded. Actually, at the Paracon, um, Steve, uh, Steve Black, was he, he had them on, and he was recording – um, while well, his his son went went to uh, one of the card readers and and Steve recorded the whole thing, nobody was uh, completely oblivious. Who's gonna know that they were you know recording? Which of course goes against privacy laws and all kinds <laughs> of things. But hey, whatever. But you know, hey, sh- yeah, we didn't we did, we didn't name it. I didn't say I did it. No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, well, Steve. <laughs> there was no HIPAA agreement. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> so if you if you want to check these glasses out for yourself, just go to powerhunter.com. Again, they're they're uh, $99 you said for the $99 for the standard and then the 150 for the IR. And if you're going to get them, you might as well upgrade to the 16 gig too because right, yeah. you're going to fill that up, you know, uh, with uh with your investigation. And then, you know, um I should have brought one with me, but um you can use the um the infrared emitters that you can get um, like off of Amazon for forty bucks—they're just like the the the, um, the Polaroid ones—and mm-hmm. I'll we'll be selling the ones that will attach the glasses for for thirty bucks as soon as I make some of them. Do we sell those on our site too? Which the Amazon? Ones? Yeah, the, the, we have Amazon links to you know general ghost hunting stuff mm-hmm. that yeah, I found that other people sell rather than me trying to stock it or just here here's you know I'll I'll take my one percent and. Let you uh, buy it off of them. Well, basically, <laughs> anything that like we advertise on the site, we've researched, used, or mm-hmm. want want to get mm-hmm. because it's good. You know, I think that's too what we're finding out is uh, we're starting to see a lot more online shops that are gearing themselves toward the ghost hunter community. Mm-hmm. And when you're doing that, you know, you you have questions then about well, if they're making it just for this purpose. You know, I'm a little bit skeptical about how good it's going to be. So it's good that you're out there testing it and letting people know what you recommend. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always say to people, too, like, just make sure if you're going to buy it, make sure you get that 30-day warranty. <laughs> because it may not be what they promise that it is. So, But I can tell you that these glasses are what they promise they are. And and uh, I was just hoping I could have had a, a chance to, you know, use them in a spy tech-type ca- capacity. But I don't know anybody <laughs> important enough to, to capture anything uh you know, that would make the, me famous. The, the only thing about them is that uh, you know when you when you have them recording and it's dark, there's a recording light that blinks in the corner of your eye, and if it's pitch black, it actually will light up the whole room with a blue flash. Yeah, we. I don't know if you know. That last <laughs> night, didn't we? Yeah, we were in a, a pitch black room, and I'm like, "What is that light?" <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, it's me." <laughs> I was hoping, you know, I was hoping I could get somebody to confess to murder or something, and, well, but nothing. A little, like little that. bit of electrical tape over that light, and no problem. <laughs> And, and so uh, if you want to follow along with the investigations and, and the different equipment that they use, you can just go to powerhunter.com. It's linked up on the front page of SpookySouthCoast.com. Uh, we're going to take a break right now for just a minute or two. And when we come back, we'll talk. Is, is Chop still awake? Is he still in the chat? Oh, yeah. Okay. We'll talk with Carlson Chopswoods of Phantom PI about uh, their upcoming episode. And I know uh, if, if you guys haven't had a chance to meet and hang out, you guys are going to love Carl. You should definitely... Uh, hang out and do some investigating yourself. So stay tuned. We'll be right back coming up in just a few minutes here on Spooky South Coast. Hello. Hey, man. What? You up? No. Wake up. I need to talk to you. I think your house is haunted. Hey, come on. It's 2.30 in the morning. I can't sleep in here, man. I'm scared. Welcome back to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here along with science advisor Matt Moniz. Silent assassin Matt Costa sent me a text. Stuck at work. 
So I think it's been like a month since I've seen the guy. After seeing him every day for like 15 years, I haven't seen him in like I've seen I've seen him I think for like four hours in the past like three months. Cost of withdrawals. I am. I'm going through it. I actually sent him a text and I said I love you, just because I miss him so much. It was fun having him as a neighbor. For a little while, yeah, for the brief time. All right, well, we are back here for the final, oh, about seven or eight minutes of the show, and joining us now on the line is our good friend Carlston Chopswood of Phantom P.I. You've heard him on the show before. Good evening, Carl. How are you doing tonight? Hey, guys. How's it going? Oh, we are spooktacular, as always. Great show. Thank you. A lot of fun in the chat room with Dave and Mark and Lou and everybody else and stuff and everybody else that I miss. You guys always have a good time in that chat room. Yeah, we call it uh, Comedy South Coast. <laughs> so now, uh, we were talking earlier today, and you were telling me that the new episode of Phantom P.I. is is ready to air pretty much any day now. The 28th of May. Nice. At 8 p.m. If you're in the Wareham area, you can see it on Fios Channel 30 and Comcast Channel 9, or you can watch it stream at wherehamtv.org, stream number one. That, that's the best part is you, you can be anywhere in the country, anywhere in the world, and still be able to watch it. Absolutely. I've got to get it somehow hooked up with uh, Spooky South Coast so that everybody can watch it. You can watch it anyway, but I kind of want to hook it up with you guys too. Yeah, well, we can, we can, we can archive it for you. What I, what I was thinking is we can put it in there and we can have it run kind of on a loop. You know, so like it can run every every couple of time, every couple of days. You'll see the episodes, and now you've you've had the first episode uh, air, aired a few months ago, and that was filmed uh, at the Seaport Inn. We had the first episode aired a while back, and yes, it was. And we had the second episode uh, air also, and you can see both of those episodes in their entirety on PhantomPI.com. All right. Just go to the videos page and uh, check them out in there. But I have to tell you, this third episode that we have coming up is absolutely far and above evidence-wise of anything we've ever captured. You're going to see just about everything in this. And, of course, we had the marvelous Mr. Mike Markowitz grabbing some awesome EVPs for us. Um, We also had the four of the five lovely Phantom PI ladies. Stephanie Burke is the uh, lead investigator. We also had the lovely Tiffany Rice along for that ride, and Kristen Donahue and Ashley Beach. Uh, And what we did was we investigated the Old Town Hall in Wareham. Which, you know, we can't really, we don't want to give away what it is now, do we? Well, it, it, it operates as our studio, yeah. um, but it, it is most definitely an old building, and it is across the tracks from the infamous Fearing Tavern. And if you look back into the history, you will find that when it was in operation as a town hall, that there are a couple of Fearings that were the town clerks in that building. Hmm. And we had some amazing, amazing evidence. I mean, you know, everybody says that, but you've got to watch this episode. It's just, you you will be blown away. Now, I was going to ask you, too, uh, about the the ladies that you do employ with Phantom PI. Uh, it's not well, just... Well, we won't say employ because there's no checks involved. <laughs> yeah, if you say employ, <laughs> they might expect something. But the, the uh, women that you feature on Phantom PI, and it, yes. it's important to note that, uh, that many of them do have... Uh, abilities. They do have uh, psychic abilities, and they, they are able to communicate with the spirits. And yeah. I, I think that that adds a very interesting dynamic to what they're doing because I know that you are very science based in your investigation. So for you to be working with with a medium, I know that you must really trust them and, and trust their work. I gave it a shot, and I thought that you know perhaps it it, it wasn't going to be as accurate as it might have been, but I. I was blown away. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we walked through an old hotel, and Stephanie was the spirit medium that night, and she said, there's a little girl over here, and you know, she'd walk a little further, and she said, there's a person over there, and I was, had never worked with a medium before, and, and I thought to myself, yeah, 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 we'll see. So we packed up and uh, went home, and I started going through the evidence, and, and lo and behold, every time she called something, it was 100% accurate. 
So that and kind of... I just got on the phone and said, when do you want to go out again? It was amazing. I've absolutely been turned around. We actually work with, um, I think everybody but Kristen, I don't even, she's probably correcting it from wrong, but everybody but Kristen is uh, sensitive in some way, shape, or form. We've brought on board uh, Nicole Lahousse, who is also a medium and a scientist. And we had her out last night on an investigation. And she was very accurate in describing some historical background and events. She'd never been to the location, and that will be a future episode. And we talked about Excellent. that, too. Very very, uh, very interesting to me that uh, I know you're a guy that grew up reading Hans Holzer books, and now you're employing the Hans Holzer method <laughs> in your investigations. We live and we learn and we grow and we evolve and, you know, you trial and error and if it works, it's great. And if it doesn't, then, you know, you, you either see if it works the next time or move on to something else. Um, I absolutely grew up in that, uh, you know, tried and true scientific method. you got to have something that's hardcore evidence and, uh, you know, the whole TAPS family thing. And, and I was just blown away. And I actually consider it a gift. Um, to these individuals and these talented uh, ladies, and I, I just absolutely um, adore every single one of them. And they—they're uh, actually, I, you know, Stephanie, I call a GPS. She's a, she's a ghost positioning system or satellite. Right, well, and, we got, uh, I hate to cut you off, Carl, but we're coming right up on the end of the show, so we just want to remind everybody: okay. May twenty eighth, WarehamTV.org. Yes. Uh, go to phantompi.com. There's a great article yes. up there about your encounter with Grant Wilson. That's People correct. can read that as well. So it's all yes, up on sir. Phantom PI. That's the place to go. Thank you so much for joining us. You are welcome. All right. Have a great night. And thank you to Donna and Pete of parahunter.com for joining us as well. Check out all their sites. We'll be back next week. Until then, we want you all to stay spooktacular. <laughs>